Welcome back to another extra special episode of Andrew Says. Brendan from Danger Cats, how are you? Good, sir. I am doing lovely. Uh, you were the first interviewer to ever refer to me as Brendan. Well, you see, it's when we put a graphic out, we could put, you know, Uncle Hack from Danger Cats, but maybe some of the boomers would be like, who is this young man? I don't demand to know his first name uh, so I can look him up in the phone book in the yellow pages. Which yeah, we all... They don't deserve my first name. Okay, we'll scratch it from the record. We'll go with uh, Beta Reticuli, some sort of planet or something. How are you doing? You're out there in, uh, whereabouts in Alberta are you? Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, I call that the Oshawa of Alberta. It's a place where I grew up in in Ontario. Um, I think we got hooked up from our good friend Kean Simone. Um, did you guys do a show together or how did you guys get to find each other? Uh, he came on our live stream, him okay. and Sheila, actually, uh, that would have been right after all the, the coots breakup. And once he released, uh, or he was in the midst of releasing some of his footage, we had him on our live stream that we were doing. I heard that was wild. I haven't seen it, <laughs> but I hear <laughs> Sheila was shocked and appalled. Not actually what I hear, uh. Here you guys really gave it to her. Hey, we got to keep everybody on their toes, you know? Nobody nobody gets a free ride. That's fair. Uh, we'll have to put up a clip of that. So I wanted to talk to you also about uh, one of the things I talked to Keen about before he, he linked me up with you was about some of your shows being canceled. I was writing up and interviewing a guy named David Lucas, a friend of mine, a comedian from Texas, um, about very familiar with them. Yes. We were talking about the Dave Chappelle cancellation and then, uh, Danny Mullen's been canceled. He recently told me he had a show canceled and then also bringing it back to Canada, Ben Bankus in Toronto was canceled. So did you face similar, um, stuff where they said your material was too racy or did they give you an exact reason? Want to give us the whole story there? Uh, yeah, so we were promoting a roast battle here, uh, and uh, there's a, a clip that I use that's a pretty, I, I don't know, I, I guess depends on who watches it. They could perceive it as being very heinous, um, but that's the nature of the game. And uh, yeah, then I, I released it online to promote the next roast battle. And uh, yeah, the, the the TikTok mob got a hold of it, and uh, it, it it was deemed racist, I guess. And then we're attempting to cancel shows. So did they reach out to you directly and say this joke is what caused us to not want to host you guys anymore? The venues itself, yeah. No, they, uh, not to me directly. I, well, there was a kind of a middleman between the operation who kind of, if, if I'm being honest, was a bit of a coward about of it, about the whole scenario. And, uh, then they went and released a statement on their Instagram and Facebook, basically claiming that I'm a racist and they don't support this type of comedy. And I will be canceling the shows. Yeah, something I'm seeing a lot of is the indirect 
you know, way of going about this. I know for my pal Ben Bankus, they just emailed him the night before, having known about him for weeks, and they sort of leave it to the last minute, and they say, oh, we'll have no problem booking you somewhere else. Like, well, that's not your job, but also it's kind of like a slap in the face to wait to the last second. So how many shows have you done up until this point with this with this sort of material? I know it's a roast battle, and it's probably different every time, but did, was it only because you put something out online that people started to you know on tiktok that people started to complain about it yes it wasn't it was you know people that come to the shows they know what we do and what we're about we don't pull no punches regardless of like who you are everything's on the table especially in roast battles you know mm -hmm. you see the watered down versions on networks and to us that isn't roast battles so we uh since I've like connected with like Brett uh, Forte and Sam Walker, we have then took it upon ourselves to like go the extra step with roast battles. And, and some comedians are terrified of it and some aren't. And those that aren't are welcome to, you know, test their skills on our stages. But yeah, I would say it, uh, oh shit, <laughs> speak of the devil. It is actually Sam Walker, <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, uh, that that particular roast joke then grabbed the attention of some people and uh, they took it upon themselves to try and call venues that they weren't even going to attend anyways. It's not even in their area from uh, what I've seen online of what people were posting and how many times they were calling and harassing venues to try and get them to submit in canceling shows. So... Unfortunately, two out of the three shows that we had booked at that time then pulled out of, uh, you know, our, 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 us going down there and performing. So it is what it is. It's wild that people will do that. And I, and the Canadian mainstream comedy scene, as little as it is of a, of a TV scene, we'll call it, that they had that... Uh, Amazon Prime Canada show that was seemed like it, it was very PC with Tom Green and and all these other guys. There isn't much of that going on, I feel like. So for comedy venues in Canada to be now saying to people, you know, we're not going to host this stuff because some people find it offensive. I think it's a huge detriment to something that already needs, you know, new life breathed into it. There's this there was obviously closures for almost two years. Justin Trudeau's uh, talking about closing stuff again. We'll get to that in a bit, I feel like. But uh, there, there's so much desire for people to go out again and to and to laugh again because it's also sad. I don't think any club should be doing this sort of thing because in Canada, it's very hard to, you know, to get a spotlight shown on you. Unless you're on CBC, let's say, or unless you're on this uh, Amazon Prime show, which has like the same 10 people everybody's been watching for 20 years anyways. Colin Mockery. Oh, he's never been on TV before. Let's give it to <laughs> let's give it to him again. And uh, the the 600 pound lady. But I don't see how. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's very funny. I don't what? see how you this don't is like good. Fat ladies. Pardon me. You don't like fat ladies. Listen, man. I love everyone. Everybody who knows me knows I'm all pro, I'm pro obesity. I'm pro everything. Um, what the hell is Rebel News turning into? What is this place, right? Um, 
<laughs> so I don't think it's good for anybody to be canceling shows like that. Now, I wanted to ask you, I was familiar with your channel, I think, when it first started blowing up. Um, there was the the video about all the accents in Canada, which has a ton of views. Was it always a political channel, or did this start happening because of lockdowns and because of convoys? Were you always a political guy? Um... You know what? The political aspect of the channel always stemmed from me working in the oil patch. And, uh, you know, and I just thought what those guys were saying in the lunchroom and, and, you know, just on site was funny to me. So that's the type of humor I've always been around. And it was, uh, I don't know, I just like real people that just like say it how they think it, you know, they don't have to put all these fancy fluffy words in front of uh, the, the thoughts that they have stored in their head. And that to me is just like how I grew up. I grew up in small town, Alberta. That's how we talk to one another. And that shit is funny to me and it'll never stop being funny to me. So um, I just decided one day, like I was always looking for some sort of content like that on the internet and I didn't know where to go. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll create it myself. And then uh, the, the political aspect is just kind of probably, you know, a little bit of upbringing, work life, and uh, just, I guess, how the rural part of Canada carries itself. So it was kind of fun to just talk freely like that. And, and, it, and I guess in return, I uh, then received a lot of love from dudes that wish they could say that shit, you know? They could just go out online and be like, you're saying exactly how I would say it, but I can't because, you know, I'll lose my job and I, I can't because then the income is lost. I'll lose my home, my wife and kids and all this. So it was just, I don't know, that the, the political aspect kind of came from that and just trying to find the humor in it. A lot of it seems like some a lot of hockey culture injected in there. I don't think I should be afraid to say. Is that where a lot of the guys you hear from are coming from? Because hockey and the NHL, and I'm sure the juniors as we know it now, is so sensitive to any sort of controversy. I mean, we see it with Hockey Canada. I'm not fully aware of that story. I won't comment on it, The whatever is happening there. But you had the, the racism accusations with players recently. And I, I feel like hockey is really under attack lately, at least in the last couple of years, with what they're doing ever since Black Lives Matter. And they had this show on on, on CBC where it's like dedicated to diversity, um, even though it was, they, they never hired any extra, you know, black guys on it. It was a very confusing time for me to watch hockey where uh, Ron McClain's sitting there and he's talking to me about white privilege and how he just didn't understand how much white privilege he had. It's so confusing. So are a lot of the guys who reach out to you, like sort of like your, your regular hockey guys that you're, you're referring to? Uh, you know, when I was putting out like that, 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 See, I played the game differently, so it, it kind of, I don't know, my, my shit was kind of geared toward the guys that were t kind of tough, like just mentally tough, you know? Words aren't going to hurt them. They were beating the shit out of each other anyways, so if you think that calling me a f is going to hurt my feelings, it's not. I, oh, am I not supposed to? Sorry, I'm starting to uh, think that I'm on my own. Somebody else will decide that. <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> 
but I don't know. I, I just like, I can't get behind the whole words. Words hurt when mm-hmm. you're, you're already playing a tough sport and I get it. You know, some people right. may have had an, a rougher crack at it than other people, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we hear all this. It's, it's such a fucking shaky water to, to put your boat into to talk about it and I, i'm not really afraid of it because it, it doesn't matter if if you're black white brown whatever race religion that you are if you're on my team you're on my team you know mm-hmm. so i i think that aspect gets missed so much because there's i've played hockey with you know people of all ethnicities and and religions and that seems to go out the window the moment that all of us touch the ice together and I think that as because you got all these fucking losers, reporters that never played the game, trying to comment on the game and the culture inside the dressing room. And they're trying to make big deals out of something they don't understand. It'd, it'd be like me trying to talk to you about what it's like growing up in the Bronx. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And there were nerd. Suspe- yeah, there were suspensions of for people saying like swear words on the ice. I remember that mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago. And yeah, I remember playing on teams when a guy you I ha- didn't like, I would say probably hated was on my team, but he's on your team. So I'm still going to defend him against another team, uh, no matter if I liked him or not. Shout out to what was his name? I'll, I'll just say Matt. I didn't like you, but uh, I digress. Um, would you call yourself a conservative being out there in Alberta or do you? F- or did you used to and things got muddied now do you have a label for yourself at all politically danger cat okay that's fair because uh, i no, wanted I... to ask how you feel about this alberta government how i feel like and, and as you know there's plenty of people at our company from alberta and they've always mm-hmm. held alberta as you know this bastion of freedom we're the texas of canada and then lockdowns came and Jason Kenny was like, I've never heard of a vaccine passport. And then he puts one in and then the coots yeah. thing happens and everything. So did you used to call yourself something along the lines? Do you do you change it all? Do you have faith in uh, a strong conservative Albertan government? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't align myself with people that don't care about me. I don't I don't champion some political party. That, you know, it seems it's rinse, repeat, it's copy and paste with every single one of those suit dummies that go down to the, you know, that, that are in the House of Commons, down in Parliament. It, 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 it does not matter to me. They're, it, it's the working class versus them. And that's how I view it. And, and right now we're being played against one another with this idea that one of these losers is going to rise from the ashes and save us all. <laughs> it's never going to fucking happen. It never has, and it never will. Real people do real shit, and those dipshits just sit around. Mr. Speaker, Canadian <laughs> politics is the most fucking embarrassing form of politics. Mr. Speaker, you can't even speak directly to a man. Mr. Speaker, can you tell him to answer the question? It's just cuckery in there all day long. That's all it is. It's embarrassing. It- I live some of my saddest moments looking at Canadian political Twitter, whether it's Aaron O'Toole or Michelle Rempel Garner is one who really gets to me. Are you familiar with her? A, a little bit. She's the one that's uh, too much white maleness in the Conservative Party. Um, and then recently she said how people only want to talk to her about sexism and racism, 
even though that's the thing she always mentions. But now it's it's too much to actually ask her about her. Why don't people ask me about the economy and stuff? Because this is what you complained about for three years. I'm sorry. Um, no, but I know exactly what woman. you mean. Pardon? It's because you're a woman. <laughs> um, and then when Aaron O'Toole's <laughs> talking about biphobia, this is the stuff I can't get behind. It's like some aspects of Canadian politics are so cringy. And on top of that, overall boring. Um but I completely get what you're saying. They don't show up for the House of Commons most of the time. That's the problem. Like they no. have actual jobs and an like an office they're supposed to go to, and they pretty much never go, um, unless it's to you know get a YouTube clip. That's my problem with a lot of them uh, these days. Is you can tell that they're there to get that CPAC YouTube clip, probably cut by producer Efron back here. Um, the Pierre's big on that one. Um, they're fucking influencers now. That's yeah. If you exactly. watch what they're doing, they're they're one hundred percent influencers. They go into this with like a the mindset of like a twenty two year old in <laughs> L.A. that thinks that they're going to get brand deals. You know, it, everything is the exact same. It's hilarious. It's so funny to sit and watch. It, it to me personally, anyways. Like, it, well, yeah, you can you, see you, when they go there, and they're all the seats are actually full you know that they're there for a reason to cut a clip, to cut a quick promo. Have you ever done any like field reporting from uh, like protests or anything? I've, I would love to see you do that. Um, a little bit. I, we went down to Coots. Uh, Brett and Sam did their own video and then I had to go clean up because those guys went down to do a uh, stand up and they weren't allowed. So uh, thankfully the, the kind fellows down there uh, had a, had a flatbed, uh, flatbed truck there, so I got the job done in, <laughs> instead of those two idiots. We need to get you uh, as a special field reporter from some some violent p protest from Antifa or something. I'd love to see your conversations with those. I strongly encourage that. Do you think restrictions are coming back? What's your whole prediction on this? Mm. Personally... They're really setting it up for it. So would I be surprised? No. But do I, is there like a little bit of hope that the general public will see through all this horse shit and, and see it for what it is finally? I would hope, you know, mm -hmm. I'm tired of this chain just being loosened just a little bit. So like, it's like watching a dog have a steak just out of paw reach, you know? And it's like, uh, it's almost there. We almost have it all. And then it's like, oh, we're going to reel you back in because your guys are getting a little crazy out there. <laughs> You're starting to sound like SCTV sketches or something. Uh, Livy, do we have that uh, Trudeau clip from earlier? This uh, and this is what I came prepared with, my, uh, my one note. Um, Trudeau basically threatening restrictions again. Let's play this and everyone should get out and get vaccinated. If we are able to hit that 80, 85, 90% of Canadians up to date in their vaccinations, we'll have a much better winter with much less need for the kinds of restrictions and rules that were so problematic for everyone over the past years. But every step of the way, government's responsibility is to keep people safe, to prevent our healthcare systems from getting overwhelmed. And that's where individuals choosing to make sure they're up to date in their vaccinations with these new vaccines is going to help us all. Of course, it's up to date. It's never going to be enough. Of course, the 
systems were never overwhelmed, but he ha doesn't he talk like it's not his up to him and it's completely, well, if you guys don't do it, I, I'm going to try the best I can, but, you know, they're going to make me do it. Go outside these days, and the only way we can roam the earth is by keeping people inside their house. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Terrified. What's that, Olivia? His him? No, it'll be fine. Okay, she she thinks the audio dipped out for a second. This is showbiz, baby. We gotta the show's gotta go on. Okay. It's Canadian show business. Canadian show business. Now throwing to Colin Mockery for five minutes. Uh, that's We should get him on. I wish he would, but he won't. I'm sure he won't. But if we could just pull a lever. I don't know if you remember when Conan O'Brien had a Walker Texas Ranger lever back in the day. Those were the days of comedy. That's what Absolutely. I aspire to. Um, yeah, it sounds like to me that... Uh, that they don't want to go and face any criticism. The thing with Christia Freeland recently, where I don't even know about this guy that yelled at her. Um, apparently My he's uncle. done the same stuff to Pierre as well. But uh, the fact that we need like some sort of national inquiry into a politician being yelled at at a distance in a building, that's just the state of Canadian politics, I think, no? Um. Probably. Who knows? Those guys live in their own little idea that yeah. it, it, th that right there should tell you the overall general feel of like where we are with these fucking maniacs running around doing whatever they want. Rules for thee, but not for me. Bullshit. People are sick of it. You know, it's time that that right there, that guy is one of the few that did what a lot of people wish they could, but they're terrified to do, you know? And now he's a public enemy of the enemy of the state starring yeah, Will Smith. Uh, I've heard rumblings that there's going to be another election call. Do you think Trudeau wins again? I think he just wins again, no matter how it happens, whether it's uh, through questionable means or like the East coast and uh, rural Ontario, sadly, the the North votes NDP usually. Um, whether they carry him, I just think he wins again somehow. You think so? I think this. I just think he never stops winning. I don't know how. Like, how did he win last time? How did he win the time before? What more can be done that hasn't already been done, which would make people change their votes from Trudeau to somebody else? That's my question. Mm. I think like the, I, I I think that's just like. A little bit of a reflection on the faith in politicians now you know like i i can't look at any one of those dipshits that are currently leaders of every party and be like yep that's my guy you know <laughs> like i can't look other than maxime bernier that when he got arrested on the side of the highway now whether that's like wrestling kfab bullshit and he's <laughs> just doing that to get a rise that made me laugh and i was like okay i'll vote for that guy because that's hilarious well that's one of the <laughs> arguments is that he will pull votes continuously pull votes away from the conservative party and you need about like 34 percent to win in this country so if the conservatives are already at 31 32 percent and he continues to pull more away from them then i don't see anybody who's going to go from 
you know, liberal to NDP, maybe they should. Maybe they should just go both extremes and we either become communist or like very right wing. I don't know what the answer is anymore, but uh, I think you'll see more people trying to leave. But uh, having said that, a lot of people are complaining about uh, passport wait times being longer and longer. So maybe the goal is that nobody's allowed to leave no matter how bad it gets. I think that's what uh, communist countries do, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, the old you can't leave move. Ah, yeah. What if, what if Big Trudy comes out, right, and he goes full North Korea on us? Well, wouldn't that be fun? It would be interesting to watch. See, you need a certain level of compliance, and I think if we we would go more China, and this is a theory I have. If China is actually just a gigantic country full of social justice warriors, and and then stay with me here. If you take <laughs> what like a far leftist is now like a, a person who's offended by everything, they want the government to take care of them. The natural extension, I think, to that is eventually you get to a point where they elect people who think exactly like that and, and they are okay with all these things happening. That's what I feel like probably happened in China with the Maoism. They had the book. They said, you can't question the leader. The teachers are racist. The farmers are racist. Give us their land and, uh, and we'll do it. I see a version of north america or england and australia where it's not so much a hardcore communist but it's a social justice warriors mentality who's taken over where it's like well we put anybody who does doesn't agree with you know the rainbow stuff you're going to work here to build a government house so that everybody has fair um in equal housing and we'll raise the minimum wage to 30 dollars so that no one could possibly uh, be underpaid and everything will be fair and equal. And I think a lot of it was in the original Green New Deal. I don't know if you read that, the AOC one uh, backed by Bernie Sanders. That's what they were basically purporting to do. They said that they were going to replace all oil jobs with uh, government jobs to build houses and uh, retrofit everything with new electrical grids. Um, they said that you would uh, no more gas cars and that everybody would be able to buy an affordable electric government car. Um, and no matter what, they would also give all the people working in oil-related jobs uh, five years of salary because um, they would eliminate their jobs. And then they would, and everybody would live happily after, ever after. Everybody would have, there would be free health care there, of course, which isn't cheap. And this is basically what their plan was. So if those people got into power, I could see, you know, one of these situations where, you know, everybody's so happy. Uh, but actually, everybody's pretty much enslaved. So is that North Korea? Maybe. And scene. Well, and scene. Yeah, you painted a lovely picture there. <laughs> so what you're telling me is I'm going to have a duplex and a Tesla and be happy? That's right. But it'll be the worst oh. Tesla, and you'll share that duplex with three generations of your family. And just like North Korea, they will come and collect your fertilizer and uh, use it. Have you heard that stuff about North Korea? Uh, very minimal. They actually, according to the, the woman who escaped, who made the rounds on all the podcasts, Yon Me Park, she said they would come, the government would come and collect your waste, your feces to then farm with because they had no fertilizer to go around. So literally everything down to your feces is not yours. It's the States there and, uh, just a wonderful time. But wouldn't it be funny if she was completely lying? <laughs> It was actually this great place. The greatest thing of all time. 
Yeah, I don't know how that place operates uh, still without any intervention. I know that they um, they survive on Chinese coal and um, Russians buy slave labor off of them. That's basically their economy, as I understand it. Genius, uh, genius economics, if you ask me. <laughs> if only we could run our own country. Um, <laughs> what's your take on, on Ukraine? Um, I just saw last week a... I guess I'll call it an infomercial from the Ukrainian vice uh, president or whatever he's calling himself, um, where they envisioned a Ukraine where it's a cashless society. Um, crimes are judged by AI, um, all this wonderful stuff. They said that every you know group of buildings would have its own missile defense system, a perfect society somehow. Are you impartial to the Ukraine story? Do you think it's all you know corrupt? Russia bad. What's your side on this? Do you have a take? You know, I think it's very lovely that President Zelensky can find time to do a photo shoot with Vogue magazine to still keep the American entertainment industry, <laughs> you know, very, very pleased with his efforts. Um, it's wonderful, you know, and, it, and it's brilliant that I think it was Jimmy Fallon or whatever, one of those fucking cuck late night television host was able to bring one of the Azov battalion folks to Disneyland. That's very great. Really? That's what we need more uh, of happening. Did that to, actually uh, happen? He brought like what? Some soldiers over. There's a Ukrainian soldier that uh, was wearing like an Azov battalion. Please find that and... Olivia. I have to see this because every time I think it was two weeks ago on a, Zelensky's official Instagram, he posted another soldier like with some message and he had a, a Luftwaffen logo on, which is the Nazi Air Force, I believe, and they had to delete it because this all this somehow keeps happening that we keep promoting guys with these uh, symbols. Let's go with Azov. Uh, Di was it Disney World or Disneyland? I'm guessing. Yeah, whatever one of those late night TV hosts brought, and they covered up his like he he's has tattoos on his elbow. I I couldn't quite see what it was, but. You can go with whatever you feel on that one. They covered those up and they brought them over for a nice day trip at uh, Disney World or Disneyland. It's quite hilarious. John Stewart, I'm being told. There it is. Yeah, John Stewart. Let's throw that up, uh, Olivia. John Stewart honors Azov Battalion, Pentagon funded. That's lovely, isn't it? Uh, enlarge <laughs> that a little bit, please. Comedian John Stewart honored a member of the Notorious and 14 hours ago. Is that what that says? And who, what website is this on? Okay, yeah, let's double check and get a second source after this. Yeah. I've never heard of World Socialist. Because uh, that was obviously... Yeah. Okay, sure. Let's just go. Let's just go with something, and then we'll parse through it and see. Oh, we're 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 both talented media members who can parse through lies. Um, yeah. So honor Ukrainian Nazi at Disney World. Defense Department sponsored Warrior Games featured liberal comedian John Stewart awarding a member of Ukraine's Azov Battalion at Disney World. The Pentagon refused to tell the Gray Zone whether U.S. taxpayers funded the foreign competitor uh, competitors' travel. During the Department of Defense annual Warrior Games at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, this August, liberal comedian John Stewart awarded a Ukrainian military member. 
heart of the team. Can you zoom in on that a little bit? So he was an injured guy. Um, did they? Sh yeah. Okay. So he had the sun in red and the black sun. Scroll down. Okay. Well, then the article doesn't really matter. He has the black sun on his elbow. Uh, that's isn't that lovely? Isn't that John, nice? Yeah, it's nice for uh, Jewish comedian John Stewart to maybe. I'm assuming he just doesn't know. He was just trying to be a nice guy. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt, given that he tries to work with the 9-11 uh, victims all the time. But the Pentagon-funded Azov Battalion trip to Disney World is just, you know, that could be a sketch, I think. Oh, Walt Disney right now is smiling <laughs> down upon the thinking, this is just exactly what I built this nice facility for, is to have... <laughs> Nazis come through. That's, uh, I was thinking earlier today about uh, you know a kid-friendly Klaus Schwab, like a mouse Schwab. Come on, kids, take a take the vaccine, kids. Come on, let's go to Disney World. It's my working Mickey Mouse impression stolen from South Park. Did you see that Biden speech recently uh, last week? The one where he looks like a like a fucking dark lord. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been sick if he came out in like black metal face paint, like Norwegian black metal face paint. That would be cool. Going beyond just the usual uh, empire garb. Yeah, he, he could have come out with some imperial soldiers. I don't think anybody would have would have minded. But the thing that got me about that that was I think an hour of just saying that Trump supporters are. He, he said they don't believe in democracy. They're tearing down democracy. They're a danger to the country. And then the very next day, can we find this, Olivia? The next day where um, the guy from Fox asks him if he thinks, uh, put in Biden, Trump supporters threat. And then he completely reverses what he said. He spent an hour the night before saying how evil these people were. And then he's just like, oh, I, I don't think any of them are threat. Yeah, that's the one. Let's play that. Trump supporters to be a threat to the country. No, everyone, come on. Come on, look. Listen, if He didn't even walk it back as far as I thought he had originally. He's like, well, they're not a threat. They're just a threat to democracy. Uh, he's the gift that just keeps on giving. Of course, um, people probably forget that when he want, Trump won in 2016, they 
did deny the results after saying that Trump would be the one to deny them. Then Hillary Clinton demanded a recount. Um, Actually, sorry, it was the Green Party. Jill Stein demanded a recount. And then the Clinton Party jumped in on that. They raised $7 million and then pulled out the recount because they they saw that they were losing votes. So that's interesting. You're you look like a guy who loves Biden. Huge Biden supporter. <laughs> Just a huge Biden guy. It's, this question only because been- he reminds me of my grandfather. You know. He just doesn't want to believe that the internet exists and <laughs> and just says wild shit whenever he feels like. And <laughs> he'll be like, Grandpa, you can't say that. You can't just say the N-word in a Mac store anymore. It's not the fucking 60s. I didn't say that. It's like it's viral on TikTok. <laughs> Kids were fucking recording you. They say, had Whoa. a talk with him after that. Even wa- I, I was watching the feed from the Washington Post, and the guy goes, "This was the one, not the president's best speech." They were trying to write, light it up red, white, and blue. All that came on TV was red. He was very angry. Not a good look for the president. Back to you. And then the woman was just like, "Um, well, you know, he's right about the threat to democracy and all the stuff they usually <laughs> say." I think that when twenty twenty four rolls around. It's not going to matter if he wins or not because they'll have milked so much money out of everything already that there's nothing else to do. There's there's no saving it. I hope that's not going to happen. I hope, hate to be so doom and gloom. But when you look at the, the again, the money to Ukraine they're sending, and then today I think he's talking about how they, or yesterday, they beat pharma. They beat big pharma this year. I mean, you made them record profits, and what he's referring to now is the fact that in 2026, they'll be able to negotiate prices on certain drugs uh, with Big Pharma through Medicare and Medicaid. So if you elect him again, they will defeat Big Pharma maybe by getting the prices of some drugs lowered. So it's very interesting the angle where that comes from. Beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? You know, an old dementia man was able to take down a super force like Big Pharma <laughs> in America. <laughs> Only after making them trillions of dollars. It's a good Maybe thing. they can make him some bionic legs so he can finally get into Air Force One without taking a ride down those steps four times. <laughs> those exoskeletons. I believe I watched Future Weapons. Um, and then they have those robot dogs. He'll be riding one of those soon enough. Oh. How long until it's a robo-president? I think one of the Fallout video games had that. Writer Dave's always telling me about it. Robo president, his uh, AI is some mix of like Obama and somebody else, JFK or something. And then vice president Kamala Harris, I think is what it's going to be. Second, like a like a human being. Yeah, the, vice robot? Pre- the law will be the vice president has to be human. At le- they need at least one human in the office. Mm. This is highbrow. We're having a highbrow political conversation here. Yeah, deep into the future. Coming up AI next. technology can, takes over. I can see the Man, Canada I would Land love article it. coming. Sorry, what's that? So I can see the Canada Land or Anti-Hate Network article coming. Danger Cats and Rebel News spouts off about racist robot future. Oh, please tell them I need the press. <laughs> yeah, I believe that article you put out from Global News. I thought that was a real article. I typed it in. We'll just say that it's real right now. Um, Who Global said I News. did it? Pardon? Who said I did it? Who's? I don't know that you did it. It was posted. <laughs> I apologize. It was probably anti-hate network. 
They probably wrote it up to frame you. Uh, put some poor global news writer's name on it. Stolen oh. countrywide by, you know, post media. It's brilliant. See, the climate right now is perfect for all this. There's a lot of comedians that are terrified of uh, that type of rhetoric coming back upon them. But little do they know, it's some of like the best marketing you could possibly have. You know, anytime like people, it seems like anything that is mainstream, whether it be media or even just like culture, I guess, it, it, as soon as it becomes like main, it's like when almost what would be like a fucking good example you remember when like nirvana got like too big and then kurt cobain was like this is gay i don't like this <laughs> i'm not playing it smells like teen spirit again yeah, yeah and it's like no we're not selling 80 dollar tickets we're sending we're selling 10 dollar tickets we were a fucking grunge band in seattle for fuck's sakes but it's like that anything that like oh you can't like this <laughs> People just tend to love it even more because it's like, ah, you know, like, like like Sam Walker always says, there's no folk heroes anymore. So when people like rise up and give a fuck you, it's like, oh, I like this guy. He's saying exactly what I want to say, but I can't. That reminds me, have you seen that Woodstock 99 documentary? Speaking of. Uh, Dude, I love Woodstock 99. That was that was so wild. That's it's basically Ukraine. <laughs> There's a bunch Dude. of people making a lot of money and they don't really care what happens as long as the money keeps coming in. Screw the people yeah. there. $10 waters. Um, and I, I like the angle in that where they said Limp Biscuit had a duty to calm the crowd down and they riled them up. How dare we ex like you expected these bands to be like conformative and then they admit that they didn't actually listen to most of the bands that they hired it was a, it's a wild documentary for anybody who hasn't seen it oh man it's it's like there's so many moments in there that they didn't cover that are awesome first off like the one that they did when that moron got up there and he'd be like everybody calm down it's like <laughs> your uncle yelling at you and your buddy's having a good time in the backyard and you're like go oh, fuck yourself you old drunk get the fuck out of here <laughs> they wanted it but to be like that they wanted it to be hippie stuff and they're like, why isn't everybody cleaning up after each other? And why is everybody so upset? It's only 110 degrees out here and we've given them no water. It's brought to you by Coca-Cola. What could go wrong? Yeah. Like when that old hippie woman was trying to get them to clean up everything and they're like, yeah. fuck you. I paid $250 to be here. You old bag <laughs> kiss my taint. Yeah. There like, was I'm some stuff that wasn't in there that I had seen in another documentary where, um, they were trying to go in and, and put something out that was on fire and then they got chased away and crowd members stole like their golf carts and started driving them around. So they realized they couldn't go anywhere dressed as security. And the security was another thing. It was just people who paid to take like a day's worth itinerary or something and they got a yellow shirt and they called that security. And some guy said he was selling his shirts because they gave him a bunch of them so that they could get backstage sucks for the artist, frankly, to just have random people backstage with you. I want to meet Fred Durst. That's who I'd be going for. Hell yeah. The funniest part of that whole concert, man, that gets skirted by by so many people is during DMX performance when he performs my N-word 
to a crowd of 270,000 white kids. <laughs> and instead of him saying it, he points the mic to the fucking crowd and gets these white kids to sling that back to him. Man. It's a different time. A pre 9-11 world, as they say. It was like Dogman X. He's the great, man. He's the GOAT. He he's GOAT status after doing that. That was like the biggest... That... That should have solved racism right there to be like, look, <laughs> just the, play the, that clip in elementary schools. Oh, be like, listen, like this is a four time platinum recording artist. He's killed it. He put out what did he in one year? He put out two platinum records, studio records. You know, you don't hear that. <laughs> and here this guy just gets fucking 270,000 kids to take the sting off the word there. He's like, yeah, call me it. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm rich. I'm performing to you fucking buffoons. Say it. <laughs> there was a there show was that followed around DMX. This was, I want to say like 2010 or something. A show that followed around DMX before he had to turn himself in for whatever crime he committed. I don't remember. Uh, it was, but it was tax know, fraud. Was it? I, did, I was almost going to say something, I but so. I didn't want to get it wrong. But they followed him around. And the night before, one of the nights before he was to turn himself in, he got high and went into a 7-Eleven and made scrambled eggs at 3 in the morning inside the 7-Eleven. Like, he just gets eggs and cream and milk and whisks them and puts it in a microwave all inside a 7-Eleven and then comes home and refuses to go to court for a few hours, refuses to turn himself in until they finally convince him. We, we got a show here about how good of a guy you are. You better go. A different time, you know? Oh, that's why he's the GOAT, man. Rough Rider Anthem. <laughs> And then the movies. I don't know how we got to this. This is far stretch from from news. But the movies, Cradle to the Grave. I think he's in Great or the Exit Wounds. I don't remember anymore. What's the one with Jet Li? That might exit be wounds? Exit Wounds. That was a great film. They're all Seagal movies. Is is the uh, is producer Olivia? Are you looking up DMX movies? That see, this is why she's the best producer. Let's see what we got. I know we got. Uh... Yeah, Cradle oh, for the Grave Romeo is Jelly. Must die. Belly was a great movie. That's still on my Netflix list. I haven't seen that one because I that's Nas and DMX. Yeah. Haven't seen that one. Beyond the Law. Everything is three words with Seagull. Today You Die, Cradle to the Grave. Oh, that's four. We got a number in there. Um,. Have you seen There's any of the movies the he's like putting out now? No, I haven't seen anything of him since probably when they were playing them all on Spike, like his newer ones, when Spike TV oh. was still a thing. His self-produced movies are fucking... He's oh, self-producing now. Yeah, he's self-producing his own movies, and he's like typical Sokol movies, right? <laughs> but he's just this fat ass that's <laughs> yeah. like taking on like a lone fat ass is about to take out ISIS. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. I did see a video of where a guy went to go visit him and like train with him. He lives in, or he was living in Abu Dhabi in this video. And this is not that old. Some guy goes and gets some like uh, a keto advice from him and a front kick advice. Like this is the one I taught Anderson Silva. See, it's more like a spear. It's not a, it's not a real kick. You're just using it as a spear. And the guy's pretending to take him seriously. Like, oh, yes, uh, Sensei Steven. And he's, of course, he's got his black belt on. He's 350 pounds. But uh, he's staying at a nice hotel in Abu Dhabi, so he must be doing something right. Probably that RT money with um, 
who am I thinking of? Jesse Ventura. Are you a Jesse Ventura guy? Oh, I, I definitely I tune in whenever he uh, decides. <laughs> I to was open the Navy mouth. Seal. Why won't you yeah. let me in? His old show. Well, Pierce, it seems to me that nobody wants to talk about the third building that went down on 9-11. But you can read all about it in my new book, <laughs> The Third Building That Went Down on 9-11. He's trying you to get to into, like, those... top-secret facilities. I was a former governor. I was a Navy SEAL. Why won't you let me in? I don't understand. Oh, And a lot of people days. forget that I was also the w World Wrestling <laughs> Federation heavyweight champion of the world, and I'm the only wrestler that Vince doesn't own my character, which helped me gain the governor of Minnesota's position. And I changed <laughs> that whole state around in under three years. <laughs> now, I understand. Oh. I love his Pierce. Uh, board yeah. fucking, those With are his favorite. tassels on his jacket? Yeah, he's got like a that. fucking Vietnam veteran hat on every single time. Just letting you know that I am a Vietnam veteran. Oh, I you think see I the heard... clip of him and Jim Norton where he almost like punches Jim Norton in the skull? No. He does like Jim and Sam or, or whenever. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it was Opie and, o Opie Opie and Anthony. And, yeah, one of those like old shock jock radios. And he goes, you're not going to respect a veteran in your presence <laughs> <laughs> like Jim Norton knows he has him on the rope, so he's like, I'm gonna keep pressing this guy to fucking snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the coveted Jesse Ventura impression. There's you and there's uh Will Sasso now. <laughs> All right. Oh, I think we have to me and my here. girlfriend used to like watch like two hours of him before going to bed at, at night and she would just piss herself. She's well, his not very privy to like all the political nonsense until she started dating me. And then I started corrupting her mind with all like the fucked up shit. <laughs> so Showing her sci-fi shows of Jesse Ventura, <laughs> all 13 <laughs> episodes available in 360p. Why can't I go in here? We're going to search underneath the Denver airport and find out what's going on here. Um, <laughs> Isn't right. it strange that they have it in the shape of a cube? <laughs> <laughs> okay we have to end this now i'm afraid um that was great thank you for coming on oh man i'm gonna post this whole segment um it's gonna be great um danger cats on youtube don't forget to follow uncle hack on instagram as well do you have any shows coming up can we throw to anything yeah we have uh we have september 11th doing the danger room at the comedy cave in calgary alberta and okay. then uh, we're doing a little bit of a bc tour uh, i don't know the specific dates for each but uh it's uh, uh september 29th to october 1st we'll be in like the okanagan region of british columbia and then uh, we're slowly piecing together like a tour to head out east we'll be in like winnipeg Brandon, Ottawa, and I believe Toronto at some point, and then heading further east. And then October 7th, I lay this bad boy right here <laughs> on the line. All right, cut a promo, and then we'll let you go. Listen, Noah Broder, I am going to eat you alive in the flesh. And I'm not talking on the microphone, you cock. Uh, my pen is sharp. My tongue is sharper. Bend over because I'm going to eat your ass like a raw steak, you fucking pussy. Roast battle champion. All right. Who knows if that's going to make it in, but we'll get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you got to come to Toronto 
I'll come out in Toronto. I'll try to send the boys out in Calgary. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, keep in touch, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Thanks a lot, man.